0: You're listening to the ASI Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 26. My name is Russ Shaw, and I'd like to introduce you to Alice Cooper as we enter the Halloween season here as a podcast. Full of creeps, zombies walk the street.
1: Nine to five, barely alive. Have a beer, go to sleep, and start all over again. I got a radical place, got my own private space. It's my sanctuary. It's a castle of doom. I'm the king of my room. Just like Guanajuato. Let the world go away. This is where I will stay. It's my sanctuary.
0: Go away, sanctuary. That is, uh, man, I had my own apartment at a young age. I was like 18, and early 18, too. I mean, 17 to 18, like right in that area. And I remember, you know, if I could just stay in this place and not have to go anywhere or see anybody, that would be okay with me. Um, Weird, right? I mean, there was a certain part of me that liked being around people, but... I get the sanctuary feeling uh, just if I could stay here in this place because it feels so safe to be alone. That brings up some of that, uh, right? Some of that place that I was in thinking about um, some questions that I asked, some dissonance I wanted to stir up engaging and interacting with good questions, when it comes to sexual addiction or sexual compulsive behavior. Because that's something Paul Young helped bring out of me, is the remembrance of the healthiness of asking tough questions, of going after even my sacred sanctuaries. So here's some of the questions I raised and wanted to continue to work out here in this episode so here goes um do we really become most like the people we let influence us in our lives uh a guy named jim rome i guess he's a sports caster was talking about success principles and he said um you are going to be most like the top five people that you hang around all right that you let influence you there's some truth to that right going into question number two is Sexually compulsive behavior, a symptom of equating shallow relationships with acceptance and belonging. I would even add value to that. Am I valued because I can get laid? This part of me used to think that, man. Um, Is there layers to friendship, companionship, and relationship? These are some of the questions that I I stirred up, and and, uh, we're going to talk about them. As we reach into the candy bag, pull out the gum stopper jawbreaker and suck the layers of flavor down to their chewy gummy core. <laughs> That's just a weird analogy right there. You're triggering me! Stop it! Uh, I did a whole show on that in the past weekend. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic, man. I've been, you know, some of the social interaction, some of the people that I've been able to um, hang around and and talk to, I've been able to see some of the gooey center that we all share, you know, interacting with some folks and what it feels like to be in that place, man, to be in the place of stuck addicted. I remember feeling hopeless, um, but at the same time having some confidence in that sanctuary, right? Like, I don't like where I'm at, but I know it, so it feels safe. Like, I've talked to uh, more than one person who is like, you know, I think I'd do pretty good if there was a zombie apocalypse. Like, I would thrive in that environment. Like, I I have a hard time just living in the world as it is. (laughs) But if there was a zombie apocalypse, man, I'd be varsity at killing zombies. That's the funny thing about the zombie apocalypse kind of, like, people are obsessed with it. I mean, there's, like, all these zombie shows and people are, you know, putting stuff on their cars, you know, like zombie uh, annihilation vehicle or whatever. And we've, this, my country here in the United States, we've gone zombie crazy, all right? Uh, The Walking Dead popular show. And what I like about that show is that it shows a kind of real emotional state of someone in trauma, um, looking for hope in a hopeless world. I think that's why people are attracted to a show like The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead, which is kind of a prequel, but not to get off topic, there's something in us that wants to hope, you know, wants to see hope and love pour out even when the situation is hopeless, you know, when it looks hopeless, there's still something heart level to cling on to. And that's what I like about those stories. That's why I love uh, stories of, of people's faith that have come from dark places. Uh, Alice Cooper, this is, I'm going to play a little uh, intentional, purposeful audio for you, a little interview by Alice Cooper himself talking about his own faith. And another thing I love about these stories is it's like the King Solomon sort of thing, right? Like rock stars, they get the money, they get the fame, they get the girls, the parties, the action. And is that freedom? Is that how you define freedom? I used to think that, you know, addicts were stupid, right? Once you get rich and wealthy, why would you destroy your life? There's something, you know, you're just stupid. In social psychology, that's called attribution error, right? I'm attributing money, wealth, success, and fame to happiness. You should be happy shooting on someone because they couldn't keep it all together when they got everything they wanted. One of those not understanding the circumstances of of another person's story, right? So I, I, I love these stories of guys like Alice how it works out in his life, how certainty works out in his life when it comes to knowing God, realizing that even in his hits, there was dark songs that had elements of hope in them that reflected something hopeful in in a hopeless, dark character known as alice cooper and and being in relationship with. The creator of the universe i I love this here you go this is from uh dion versus earth uh youtube channel a normal christian in an abnormal planet (laughs) it's the tagline of his youtube channel and he shared this it also has a blurb at the end that it's uh kind of copyright free info so i feel safe playing it for you here today and uh here we go
1: I think you're gonna feel you belong Tell us about uh, your testimony How did you come into the Lord who was there a seed planted was there uh, an incident in your life that, that sort of changed your life and said wait a minute, God, God cares about me you know, what, what well you know I grew up in a Christian uh, household. my dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and uh, he was an evangelist for 25 years and uh, you know did all that and I used to go up and do missionary work with him uh, with the Apaches yeah. you know, the, in Arizona. My grandfather was a pastor for 75 years. Mm. So you know uh, so I grew up in a Christian home, yeah, mm-hmm. and my, my wife's father is a Baptist pastor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we were PKs, you know, preacher's kids, married each other. So uh, I always refer to myself as the, the, the real prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I went out and the Lord let me do everything maybe didn't let me, but allowed it, you know, and then just started reeling me back in, you know, saying, you know, okay, you've seen enough, now, let's, 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 you know, let's bring you back to where you belong, and, uh, you know, when you get out there and you realize that that you've had every car, you've had every house and all that, you realize that that's not the answer, that there's a big, big, Nothing out there at the end of that, so the materialism doesn't mean anything, you know. And a lot of people say that there's a there's a big God-shaped hole in your heart, and you know when that's filled, then you really are satisfied. And I think that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm, I'm very young in, the, in in the faith, even though I grew up in it. So I mean, I do a lot of study, a lot of Bible study, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think you know people have the wrong concept of Christians. I think they think Christians sit around all the time, just you know, you know, we we like to rock and roll. I mean. Uh, I think that you just keep a better watch on, on your Christian life. You know? When did when did God start to reel really you back in? I went to say, I when I stopped drinking. I drank for you know a long time. Thirteen years ago, I stopped drinking, and I started going back to church. I mean, I was throwing up blood every morning. I mean, I was really a bad alcoholic, I never was a cruel or mean alcoholic, but I was definitely self-destructive. And when I stopped drinking. Uh, I started going back to church with my wife and there was this pastor in in Phoenix that was just hellfire. I mean he would and there'd be 6,000 people there and he was talking to me every Sunday you know of course he wasn't but he was (laughs) just nailing me I mean every weekend I'd get I was exhausted I'd come out of there and I'd go I don't want to go back okay it was like torture but I always came back you know and I finally realized that I had to go one side or the other I had to make a decision one side or the other because I was so Convicted you know, the Lord really convicted me and said, look, it's time for you to, to make a decision here. So I said, okay, um, and uh, I joined a church called Camelback Bible over there, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I go now. And it's really good good teaching church, I mean, just a good, strong Bible teaching church. Mm-hmm. But still rock and roller going on in tour again. I, I, watch, I watch, you know, I don't do, I certainly don't do it in the same spirit that I used to do it in, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I watch the songs lyrically about what I'm singing about. So a lot of the songs that I used to do, you know, were way over the line. But I think a lot of my hits were 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 fine. They were socially, you know, they were socially blistering songs. But they, society needs to be blistered. <laughs> Um, How is your life um, uh, when God really back in? How did He change your life? What sort of the characteristics maybe um, you know before and after? You know, I used to do this. Well, you know, when before you're always you always are self. You're always self-centered. You know, I mean, everything is for you. It's your self is is God, Mm -hmm. and we make lousy gods. Humans make really lousy gods. I think Uh, so. We got to let God be God, and us be. You know what we are, you know, and uh, and so I think that's what really changes is your focus on who, who you're serving. You're not serving you; you're serving Christ. You know, there's a lot of people who may see this uh, this interview. A lot of people who may have been big fans of yours 20, 25 years ago who are still living in the world. They don't know Christ. What could you say to them? Well, they're going to eventually know Christ, and. I hope it's not too late, (laughs) because if you're at the wrong end, at the wrong time, I think uh, you know that's going to be tragic. You know, Uh, like maybe maybe talk to maybe somebody struggling with with alcohol or drugs and pornography that sort of thing. Well, sure. I mean, that's you know what 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 is the world made up of? It's made up of that. You know, the world doesn't belong to us. The world belongs to Satan. So we're living in that world, and we have to. we're, We're bombarded with that every day. So how do we react to that? Well, if you don't have Christ in your life, then you're a victim to it. Uh, so I think what we have to do is just be very, very careful about, you know, what, how we react to the world. You know, we have Christ in our life now, and we have to react to the world humbly. We have to react to the world in a, in a teaching way, and at the same time be humble about it.
0: Welcome to my breakdown. I hope I didn't scare you. Yes, some great nuggets of truth there from Mr. Alice Cooper in his own story. His That song, Welcome to My Nightmare, has been... I've heard that song throughout my life. It was one of those weird kind of parts of the soundtrack of my life that... Um, welcome to my nightmare some it's almost the <laughs> it's almost the theme of this podcast a little bit uh me burying my soul here and, and telling you you guys the listeners about some of the things that i've been through and what it looks like to actually have it when it comes to the sexual addiction stuff man it, that was just so incredibly hard to break the drugs um drinking myself unconscious you know i still tend to self-medicate sometimes, Uh, you know, these things are, these things are the things I struggle with, but the sexual stuff, man, was dark, it had deep roots, and getting into the the nitty-gritty humility of it was so incredibly important, and it's part of what I wanted to talk about today, Um, going to some of my story of my own testimony and my own return back to christ when i had been away for so long myself um it started with ac3 I, i've told that story in the show and going to the that church and the fact that you know I, I went to my mom going hey i could use some help in the pastors my mom's pastor saying hey you know the, these guys will meet with you and just a really cool humble church in the uh AC3 is part of the Willow Creek family of churches, and they do things much differently. Um, And Rick and Dan there really helped show me the grace of God. And that's a big part of my story, and it's something I wanted to touch on as well in answering some of those questions is self-forgiveness, you know, is something that a lot of other worldviews are not going to address, um, part of my certainty and my faith, part of the fact that I'm not an agnostic, all right? There's this, I've sensed this kind of thing, and I've heard some other podcasts and people talking about uncertainty and the new agnostic and their whole attitude being, um, you don't know, just admit it. Uh, the reason I do know is because of that that higher power, um, the fact that God moved into my heart, changed my heart and and like alice said that change of the heart changes the mind it changes behavior over time but we still need to be humble about our stories so you know and leaving ac3 i had created a lot of damage there because i wasn't completely honest in the beginning about how bad my sexual compulsion was um and the way my my wife reacted to some of the community there and and it was uh, we we ended up leaving that church and finding Mars Hill Church and and Mark Driscoll uh, I I remember hearing him speak to me much like Alice said in that interview where the pastor kept like he was the only guy in the room right like Mark Driscoll spoke to me like that and convicted my heart And that was good, right? There was some heart movement in there. Um, Learning to trust and forgive aftermath of Mars Hill Church because the issue with Mark Driscoll is that he had convictions that were kind of going out there, right? Like he wanted you to believe how how he was convicting the heart, how he was preaching the message. You know, he had this, people were calling him like a, a reincarnated Charles Spurgeon or something. It was just weird, right? Like he's this rock star preacher, and I think he started to believe his own hype. And I don't know. I don't know Mark's heart. I'm not going to, you know, speak to what may have been motivating him or not. But I do know that he, in the end, ended up not practicing what he preached. There was a lack of humility In Mark, that caused the end, the destruction of Mars Hill Church. And that's been hard on a lot of us, you know, here in the Seattle area, those who've been affected by Mark's ministry. And I touched on some of that in the last show. You know, learning to trust community. I spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about how great Mars Hill was, how great the community was, how how honest people were, how transparent people were, and here the whole thing just came crashing down. and And now here I am, uh, ending the show with I uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. And when I say that, I'm talking about community. Uh, I want you to hear me there because. Again, I'm not an agnostic. That song is not about uncertainty in our faith, but it is about embracing those questions. It is about creating a relationship with the God of the universe who speaks to hearts and souls and doesn't just show up. And, right? I mean, sometimes he does show up to some people, but for the bulk of us, you know, God is just this ethereal figure that we, you know, and maybe that's part of it. That's why Jesus doesn't just ride through the clouds on a horse and saying, Hey, I exist, you know, worship me. Right. That that's part of each and every one of us and our unique and individual relationship with him. Um, that he reveals himself to us very, very personally. And that's been my story and my experience. And that personal, that very personal relationship with God, it it has to come out with humility, you know? And I, I apologize for some of my yelling in the past. And I mean, I've been trying to convict the hearts and minds of folks myself and I hope that came off as humble Uh, I really do I don't want to be too brash or be a bully um, but I want you to know that there is a, a God who does love you more than you can fathom and that is after your heart, mind and soul it's true it's beautiful if you let it in and what we all do with doubt is is something powerful Uh, my friend Jim Henderson he's been a a guest on the show he posted a a comment that I thought was was cool and I I commented on it and he said uh, this is on Facebook he said why certainty is dangerous imagination is that which enables us to enjoy stories other than our own certainty is lethal to two of the most redeeming and humane qualities imagination and empathy and that's a quote by katherine schultz uh who wrote a book called being wrong which is a good one talk about humility um So I commented with this, um, that's good, I've been doing some writing and pondering on the place between certainty and faith. I heard in a few different circles the birth of what might be known as the new agnostic, just admit you don't know, is their tagline. It had me thinking of two of my favorite spiritual songs, Amazing Grace, and the other is I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And Jim said, certainty has replaced faith in the church. Another way of saying I don't know is to say I've decided to trust, and that's faith. And I thought that was brilliant. Another guy named Phil said, but a rational model changes this argument by changing the definition of knowing. And uh, he goes on. Uh, A relational model, this is Phil Wyman. Uh, A relational model of religious experience versus intellectual model of religious experience considers knowing differently. We already have these two words about knowledge laid out for us in the scriptures. There is a knowing that is attached to the general intellectual understanding, and there is a knowing attached to relational familiarity. Uh, typically, to know God is to understand a set of doctrinal assertions with clarity and unmoving hubris, which I think is too often rather a poor definition that we give to call certainty. Rather, to know God is meant to be relational experience in and through Scripture, and should have a rather unhinging effect on us and I thought that was powerful um, the unhinging effect is the letting go right that God has you, that God loves you I was recently in a uh, conversation with a someone on NoFap Christians who felt like a hypocrite because he was serving in church and he had this sexual compulsion right, like here he is serving every Sunday and uh passing the plate or whatever he was doing and he said i just feel like such a hypocrite and my ac- my reaction was why you know like we're all hypocrites to a certain degree and you know you struggling with that gives you that that's that unhinging you know like you know that the it's a sin right to use that word sin, which is the, you know, psychology has redefined the word sin as, as dysfunction, right? Addiction, compulsion, uh, depression, anxiety, I mean, all these different words, of it's sin. So the thing that's wrong is that you feel unworthy about doing what you do in church. And there's something to that. But that's that part of the Holy Spirit's conviction, and it's not that you should quit because when you start walking away, I don't know how your story is going to play out, but I do know that there had to be some um, deconstruct, reconstruct around my faith and some trust in God over my intellectual, you know, feelings or that I have to understand everything. Um Nadia Bowles-Weber had a great quote and I'm going to end this short show with this uh and this quote I mean she puts into words a a feeling that I've had that really helped set me free, helped set my mind free because I really felt like I, I gotta know everything and that was some of the intoxication of being around some of the Mars Hill crowd as well um and I'm in a good place because I can trust God in the unknowing, right? I can trust God in the fact that I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But he's bigger than my searching my mind, right? He's searching. He, he's bigger than my inability to have it all figured out. And that's what's beautiful about our faith. But here's what, here's what uh, Nadia said, and I thought this was great. I need a God who is bigger and more nimble and mysterious than what I could understand and contrive. Otherwise, it can feel like I am worshiping nothing more than my own ability to understand the divine love you guys I mean that sincerely and that's true Um, Russ at ASI247.org if you'd like to email me if you want to talk about some of this stuff uh, I'm here Uh, my ears are open I'm going to leave you with a a song um, the same song I left the last episode with only this is a different rendition of it this is you two traveling to a church in Harlem to do the same song. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Love this. Till next time, bye.
1: Well, we wrote the song I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which um, is a gospel song, pretty much. I mean, it doesn't sound much like a gospel song the way we do it, but if you look at the lyric and the basic music, that's exactly what it is. And we we got a cassette from a friend of ours in Island Records of uh, the gospel choir covering the song. And it sounded like, sounded totally different, but it sounded really exciting and new. So we traveled down to Harlem and visited this church in the middle of Harlem, where this choir. we uh, going through a rehearsal. And uh, we played with them and got the idea to do a, a kind of
0: combination arrangement. Remember, if you go to the website, ASI247.org, click on the music tab, you can download the music you hear. You can view this video and download the music as well, right there on the website. You can also view this video on the Facebook page Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection.